Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the latest edition of the Pump Fake. I am Jared Bailey, joined by my friend from Sports Illustrated, Matt Verderam. It's always good to see you, my friend. What's going on? A lot. Um, well, first of all, I moved this week, so it's been a very long week of getting things. You you missed a show Wednesday of watching me assemble a couch, but I did. I missed that, frankly. It was. Uh, I mean, not to your surprise or anything, but I'm not exactly what you would call a real man who knows how to you know, assemble things or tools. Is this or like a couch? No, I mean, it's the premise of it. I got it from Amazon, but like you could get the same one basically from Ikea. It's just, it was cheaper on Amazon. So that's where I ordered it from. I mean, I, I get it. I, uh, I'm sitting in my office where, let's see, my chair, my desk, my TV entertainment center and bookcases were all Ikea. And I, I had to put them all together. And I got to tell you, some of them are easier than others. Um, but I don't mind doing that. Uh, I, I, I kind of find that like, I like puzzles, I guess. So for me, like, it's kind of like that, but, uh, you know, there's also something to be said for just having them just bring the couch and drop it off and they're done. You know, there, there is that, but I, I've been, I've been in both places. So I understand. I mean, whenever I'm, uh, financially stable enough to do that in the future, that will be what happens because that was, uh, an hour and a half of my life. I'll never get back. And it was, uh, it was something, but all moved in yeah. and everything. Um, back in the city limits of Pittsburgh. And that's where I want to start today with you because I know how you feel about Mike Tomlin. You know how I feel about Mike Tomlin. I like Mike Tomlin. At some point, though, this is turning into the same thing it was with Andy Reid in Philadelphia and his last couple years there where we can acknowledge Andy Reid, fantastic coach. He's gone on to prove that in Kansas City. We can acknowledge Mike Tomlin is a great coach. We can also acknowledge the fact that things just aren't clicking. They aren't working in Pittsburgh. And we can talk about the, oh, my goodness, the he's never had a losing season. How could you want to, you know, perhaps see Mike Tomlin not in Pittsburgh anymore? He hasn't. I've gotten two diplomas since Mike Tomlin's last playoff win. When we talk, we can talk about stability and everything, but stability also implies success. And for Close to like a, a decade, the Steelers haven't had any real success. Okay. So I understand the point of that you would know off top here. When's the last time Steelers won a playoff game? What was it, like 2016? 2016. Um, yeah. They went to the AC Championship game and got just destroyed by the Patriots, as is tradition. Okay. Well, everybody does. So, sure. so fine. I mean, I hate to tell this to Steelers fans because Steelers fans have this weird thing. And by the way, I, I also feel like Steelers media has this thing where it's like a lot of them do, where it's almost like the team is seen as, well, the, the, the roster doesn't have problems. It's the coordinator. It's the coach. It's, it's like, I don't know how to say this gently. The quarterback stinks. He does. 
I mean, can we all just like watch film and acknowledge that we all see this? He stinks. Yeah, he's not now, good. I know you get these people who are like, well, it's only the beginning of the second year. And that's fine. Like, if you want to play it out a year or two, cool. I'm, no problem. But like, right now, he stinks. Mm-hmm. He's not a good quarterback. I would take it a bare minimum. I'm, I'm not trying to do each one of my heads with beer of 10 minutes. I would say that off the top of my head, I'd take at minimum 20 plus guys over him. Like I do, I, I do the I do quarterback rankings every week for behind the Stoker, and I have I think twenty seventh right now. Okay, so I I actually also do them every week for us. So I'm trying to pull them up right now, so I'm not just okay. speaking at the red. Um, I know it's not high. Okay, I know that. So he is. Would you say you had him at twenty seven? I have him at twenty eight. Okay, so we're not far. I mean. He's, like, he's not- I, I consider and say like, okay, I would take him over like Desmond Ritter, but yes, so would I? I, I would, t- but like for a first round pick, who by the way, let's all acknowledge that th- that was an awful quarterback class, and yeah. everybody knew in the moment like that might be a little bit of a reach. Kenny Pickett was awful in college, except for his last year, and, and he was also in college for about nine years. Yeah, he was in, he was in, he's been in college since the Kennedy assassination. Okay, and so like, <laughs> I, I get it. But like, let's also be real about this. I'm not saying Matt Canada is not part of the problem. Matt Canada is part of the problem. But this is a team that has not had a great offensive line for a while. It is a team that does not have a quarterback and has not had a quarterback dating back to probably when they the year they won the playoff game. Like Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his career was an absolute shell. There was no ability to move the ball. I, I think Tomlin like. My problem with the Tomlin discourse is this. If the Steelers fired Mike Tomlin, 20 teams would try to hire him tomorrow. Sure. And the difference with him and, and, and Andy Reid in Philadelphia, which is not an unfair comparison, Andy Reid was the, also the general manager there. That's mm. where things went completely south. Okay. Tomlin's not the GM in Pittsburgh. And Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan wear a lot of blame for this thing. Like, if you want to talk about the roster, cool. Get him a halfway decent quarterback. They have a winning record every year with these guys that can't play. Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett and washed up Ben Roethlisberger. Like, what is Tomlin supposed to do with these teams? How many like, are they supposed to be winning 12, 13 games? I got to tell you, I've watched every snap of Steelers football this year. The Niners are a much better football team and boat racing line. Cleveland's defense is really, really good. And the Steelers found a way to win. That took two defensive scores. I understand that. They won the game. They beat the Raiders, who they should beat, and they did. All right? Like, I look at the Steelers. That Houston game, you could sit there and get annoyed with, and that's fine. They can't score. Like, they have no offense. Not, and here's the other thing with Steelers. Stop with Najee Harris already. Okay? He's not, he's not Franco Harris. He, he's not Jerome Bettis in his pro- – like, Najee Harris isn't a bad running back, but he's he's just a guy. Like he's not. Uh, I'm I've been on that on that side with you. He's I, a guy. I, I, not he's, saying he's bad. Not saying he won't make a Pro Bowl or two. But like he's you're not looking at Najee Harris as a defensive coordinator and going, "My God, what do we do?" Like exactly, the guy doesn't exist on the Steelers. So I I think sometimes people have this this thought with Pittsburgh that like they should be so much better than they are. And I'll be the first to throw my hat in the ring and so say I picked them to make the playoff this year, and I wouldn't be shocked if they still do it. But they are severely limited by having a quarterback who cannot play and an offensive coordinator who's not helping the situation. I don't think it's on Tomlin. I think it's on Pickett and the GM's inability to put anybody on that offense who scares you outside of the occasional play by George Pickett. 
you talked about Matt Canada, and obviously that's a very big talking point around Pittsburgh. I think that most people just got tired of talking about Canada because there's a reason he's still there. And I think at some point that kind of falls on Tomlin where, okay, he absolutely should have gotten rid of him after 2022. There's no reason to bring him back, especially with the guys on the market that he could have brought in. Like if Mike Tomlin would have caught Eric Bieniemy, I have very little doubt that Bieniemy would have been like, okay, yeah, I'll go to Pittsburgh. See what I can do with Kenny Pickett rather than go to Washington and Sam Howell. Right. I, I think that when it comes to the coordinator situation, that's something that, you know, speaking as a Steelers fan, has easily been a top two Tomlin flaw since he's been here. Yeah, I mean, I think Tomlin deserves blame in the sense that he has held on to Canada for longer than he should. I also think Tomlin realizes what most people that maybe are non-Steelers fans see, like, what are they going to do? I mean, what is this offense supposed to be based around? What is it supposed to be? Like, I guess I'd ask most Steelers fans, that, what is what should this offense look like? What is the answer? What is it supposed to look like? I mean, I can answer that um, in Go terms ahead. of what is it supposed in to terms of like my perfect offense in, in my head, something similar to what the Lions are doing with Jared Goff, where, okay, we know that Jared Goff isn't a world beater or anything like that. But and they don't even I mean, outside of Amon Ross and Brown, it's not like they have a ton of weapons in Detroit. Like Josh Reynolds, you know, he has chemistry. With Goff because of, what's that? Laporte has been pretty damn good. Sam Laporte has been a great draft pick. Great draft pick for them. And then again, like the Steelers have a pair of tight ends that they could utilize in that way. Yeah, with prior really I'm with you on that. So Here's my I problem. think it's not a bad ahead. answer. It's not a bad answer. The, what is the, the Lions offensive line is much better. There you go. There's your answer. If you put Jared Goff on the Steelers, it wouldn't work. <laughs> That's fair. And, and, and that is the big part of it is the offensive line has also not been great. It's been a little bit better on the interior because they brought over Samalo from Philadelphia, but there are a lot of problems. Um, I don't want to harp on this too much because I do that enough on my daily basis. I do want to stay in the AFC North though because the Bengals are one and three. First two games of the year, uh, I don't know what exactly you were feeling about them but i felt like it was just deja vu from 2022 where okay burrow didn't have a training camp and they started off slow they did that last year and they were fine now though okay this calf thing is a real deal burrow has looked god awful in every game he's played so far if you want to say the second half against the rams is a lot better it was but he didn't look like joe burrow and they couldn't put up points against a rams defense where congratulations if you can name four people on on that side of the ball and then you go out against tennessee they're held out of the end zone for the second time in four games. He, the offensive line's horrible, and he is very clearly limited right now because of his of his calf. I mean, are the Bengals is this is this what their reality is for the rest of the season? I think that the Bengals took a calculated gamble when they brought him back for Week One and said, we need to win at least one of these first two because we're playing the Browns and the Ravens in the divisional games. And the worst of both worlds happened for the, for the Bengals. Burrow's clearly not healthy, and they lost both those games. And so now you're in this hole that you're trying to dig out of. And now they're one and three. They have scored three offensive touchdowns this season. That's and amazing. one of them was complete garbage time. Like, they scored two touchdowns that matter all year long on offense. All year. Scored one against the Rams, one against Baltimore. That is it in four games. And, you know, look, I I went into the year feeling like in the AFC, 
for all the strengths around the conference, I thought the Chiefs and the Bengals were still the two best teams in the conference. With the Bills and the Dolphins lurking and maybe Jacksonville. I think the Bengals are kind of cooked here. I just don't think Burrow's going to be healthy this year without a lot of rest. And they can't afford the rest of them now. Because they play Arizona this weekend, which, by the way, all these people I've seen on Twitter who are like, it's a get-right game. Yeah, Have you watched Cardinals? Cardinals have been I, playing their asses off this I game. healed the Cardinals offseason. I was making fun of the hire of Gannon. Wrong. Like, Gannon's been really good. And they're not a good team, but they play hard. And they're going to play their they're going to play their ass off in that game against the Bengals. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but they're going to play hard. That is not going to be some rollover game for Cincinnati. And then they play the Seahawks, who, quite honestly, Seahawks are going to beat the Bengals if, yeah. if the Bengals aren't any better than what they've been. Then the Bengals have a bye, and I don't know if you've seen their schedule. They come out and they play at San Francisco and home to Buffalo. Like, oh my God! Cincinnati's going to be two and six if Burrow plays like this at best. At that point, don't you just consider, like, dude, we're not playing you the rest of the year. There's no reason. So, Jared, this is my – I've been saying this all week. Everywhere I've been on, we've talked about this. I've said this. I don't understand. I know they're not going to do it. They've been very plain uh, English about this. I don't know why they don't sit him this week and next week. If you can't beat the Cardinals, as much as I, I respect the way the Cardinals are playing, sure. if you can't beat the Cardinals, you should give it up, okay? You have no shot in the AFC if you can't beat Arizona. And even if you lose to Seattle – Okay, you're two and four at the bye, but now he's got a month to rest. He's got a month to get right before this stretch drive. I, but they're not going to do it. And I, I think a lot of it boils down to Mixon's a free agent after this year. Boyd is a free agent after this year. It is highly likely they're gone. Yeah. Higgins is a free agent. We'll see if they tag him. I don't know. He might be a guy who says, look, I'm not going to play on the tag. Trade me. Yeah. Okay. He might be gone. I understand that when you have the great quarterback, which Burrow certainly is when he's healthy, like your window is wide open. But let's also keep it real, okay? Their window in terms of like when he's cheap is about to slam on their fingers. And you didn't win anything if you don't win this year with that with that whole situation. It's hard. It's not impossible. The Bills look very good and Allen's getting paid his, his full freight. Okay, but it's hard. It's hard. I think that's part of this problem. I think another part of the problem is Burrow really wants to play, and, and I this is just me giving my two cents, I think partially because he just signed an unbelievably rich deal, and it looks bad in some corners. If like, oh, I don't want to play. Now, I think most people who are educated on the sport understand, hey, look, man, if he's hurt, he's hurt. Yeah. But there are a lot of people who watch the sport and go, hey, come on, get out there. You're getting paid 255 right? And so I think he's trying to prove some stuff to his own teammates. You go out there, but – at the end of the day, he can't play right now. I mean, if you watch their games, he cannot throw the ball. He can't drive the ball. He can't move. He's God getting- forbid if he has to like improvise and extend the play, it's it's not happening. He can't drive the ball outside the numbers. He can't drive the ball deep. His offensive line's getting him killed. I mean, I just I guess my question for Jack Miller and the Bengals is what is the point with this? They're not going to win games with this guy right now. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in football this year. He's terrible. And but and, and that's not, you know, sometimes look, we can all be hyperbolic. God knows I can be. Like, if you go and look at his numbers, if you go and look at his stats, that's not an overstatement about how bad he's been this year. Like, you name the number, and I can tell you right, like, you want to talk about his QBR this season? He ranks 29th right ahead of Kenny Pickett. Okay? He is – 
right now in completion percentage, he's 32nd, which is amazing when you consider his average per attempt. He's 34th. So it's not like he's inaccurate going down the field. He's inaccurate throwing like five yards in front of him. I mean, he cannot play the position the way it needs to be played right now. And then lastly, just to tack on this, his total yardage, his total yardage, he is in terms of passing, of course, 27th. He is behind Desmond Ritter. Oh my gosh. He is he is one of the five worst quarterbacks in football right now. If you want to go from a uh, advanced stat to in terms of EPA per play, 27th, success rate 28th. So it doesn't get better when you look, okay, maybe it's just now he's he's been no, poor. he's been awful. And and by the way, I always hesitate a little bit on early season stats like that because it's so early, there's sample size stuff. Sure, sure. But in this case, if you watch him, it matches the statistics. I mean, he just he can't move. He can't throw. He can't drive the ball. And teams know it and are just teeing off. I mean, there's no reason you're not like normally when you play Cincinnati, you have a very healthy fear of the deep ball. You are yeah, worried about them going over the top. There's no over the top game with this team. I mean, if I'm if I'm playing Cincinnati, I have eight guys in the box the whole game. Beat me. Beat me. Throw the ball outside the numbers, throw it down the field, go nuts. I don't care. And I'm blitzing you nonstop on the interior. It's not going anywhere. And that's the thing, because teams know, teams know that, like you just pointed out, he can't throw deep, but also the offensive line isn't going to stop you if you send seven guys. No, they can't block anybody. So if I'm Arizona in this game, I am absolutely just jamming up the line of scrimmage, and I'm just blitzing him. I'm blitzing him like crazy. I Because I, my whole thing, if I'm Arizona, is if I force one or two turnovers, I'll probably win. They can't score. It's been I wonder, about, I wonder what the, uh, the line is for that game. Do you know the line? I know. I, I'm looking at it right now, but I'm just curious if you know it. I know I do know that earlier in the week it was two and a half. I think it hasn't climbed to like four and a half. It is Bengals uh getting a field goal. So Bengals minus three. Okay. I gotta tell you, I'm not saying I'd bet on the Cardinals. I wouldn't touch that. I I wouldn't either. I could see that I don't think it's gonna be a blowout one way or the other, but I could definitely see it being like a game where okay, if the Bengals win, it's on a last second field goal or the Cardinals stop them on the last drive to win it's it's crazy um and especially just because i mean like we pointed out we saw something similar to this last year where they started off slow bro had um was it like a, a appendicitis or something in training camp and he had to sit out um and obviously they were fine but it's just a completely different animal this year with this nagging calf injury and it's not going away um you touched on the bills a little bit uh, they play the Jaguars this Sunday morning in London. Perhaps a preview of the AFC Championship game if the Jaguars can continue to get themselves right coming off a win against the Falcons last week in London. Um, Josh Allen has looked phenomenal since that excuse of a football game he played week one against the Jets. Just put up, he continues to do what he does against the Dolphins, which is just play really well. They put up 48 on a Miami team that was, you know, put up 70 against Denver. We all know the, uh, the story going into that. Uh, your thoughts on both teams right now? I know that you know the Jags started off slow, and the Bills have been you know slowly looking like themselves with each week. Jacksonville has to figure it out offensively here. Um, they have not played well offensively. They scored nine points against Kansas City. Uh, they scored seventeen against Houston, and then they went out last week. And go, oh, they scored twenty three. It's not bad. Yeah, they had a pick six in there, and another pick back to like the ten yard line. They basically scored nine points as an offense. I, uh, I'm i not overly enthused about it. However, 
I do think that all the talent in the world is there for that Jaguars offense. I feel like that should come together. Um, defensively, they've played better than I would have thought. So I'm encouraged there. I think Jacksonville will still win that division. And I think I, I still believe Jacksonville is going to be a team that come playoff time. That you respect. I don't know. Maybe that the top, the, the big dogs fear, but like that you respect and know. Hey, if you don't play your best game, they can win. Buffalo is an interesting team. They have that weird week one game that they should have won. They didn't win because of the turnovers. Since then, they've won by an average of, I believe, thirty points a game, and they have scored forty-one points per game. Now. <laughs> It's also kind of hard because two of those games are the Raiders and the Commanders. And, and we just saw the Bears hang 40 on the Commanders. So it's it's like and – and I know any Bills fan out there is like, oh, they're like, look, I'm not denigrating. But I'm just saying we just talked about small sample sizes. Like two of those three games are against teams that you're like, I, I have no idea if they're going to win five games this year. Like right. I, I don't know what's going to happen. The Dolphins win was obviously a very, very impressive win. I will say I was not surprised. I picked the floor to win that game. I picked Miami before the year to win the division, and I'm sticking with that. But I picked Buffalo to win the game for two reasons. That game was a much bigger game for Buffalo. If you lose that game, you are two back with a loss at home against Miami, and you're in rough shape in that division. You win the game, you're ahead of them with a tiebreaker. right? So big game, and they'll play each other again in Week 18. That might be for the division. Um, I will say with Buffalo, when Allen plays – I don't know how to use the wrong term. When he plays under control, they are an extremely dangerous football team. The problem historically has been that he goes in these ebbs and flows where he doesn't play under control for a month, then he does, then he does. Like, can he play under control for long stretches of time? If he can, they're as good as anybody. I think the defense has been great. They get Von Miller back. It's awful what happened with Tredavious White. I, I you know, felt awful. They go to the secondary. Knew right away it was bad by his reaction. And it is a big hit. It is because, unfortunately for them, Kyrie Elam has been a disaster to this point. First he doesn't even think he was a healthy scratch at some point this year. He's been a healthy scratch every game. Has, I think he, has, he, has he not played at all? I think, I think he was active for one game. He has been Goodness gracious, un- unplayable. And so now you're in the spot where it's Dane Jackson and it's Christian Benford and, and Teron Johnson. Teron Johnson's excellent. But like that's. That's a group of corners that if you get a really good quarterback, like that's a challenge to, to hold up. Um, but no, the Bills have been great. I know this is an unfair critique. Call me with the Bills in January because we've seen the Bills do this. Like last year, they were unbelievable out of the gate. We And, and then it was like, oh, yeah, but then as the year went on, my question with Buffalo is going to be this. Teams are going to, as they always do, the good teams especially, they will adjust as the year goes on. Can Ken Dorsey adjust? As the year goes on and teams start saying, okay, you know, we're going to double digs. We're going to take him out of the game. Can you adjust? Can somebody else beat you? Will he stick? Like I love the way they've run the ball this year. Will he stick with that? Or when it gets to December and and, and you've got to have it, does he abandon that because he just wants to throw 50 times? Like, that's my question with the Bills. All the talent in the world, love the quarterback, believe in them. But they have had this history in recent years of they they get away from things that work and they become very one-dimensional. It becomes It's about Josh Allen, and that's when all the hero ball stuff comes in. So love the team. So I, think they, I think they win against Jacksonville this week, but I just want to see them stick 
stay the course, stay the course. And don't just at the first sign of something going wrong, just all of a sudden go, all right, that's it. He throws the ball 60 times. This was Sunday. Like, don't do that. Stick to it. I think I saw, uh, I think it was Trey Wingo who said something similar to that on, on Twitter where somebody said, are the Bills, you know, the best team in football right now? And he, and Wingo said something along, along the lines of, you can make the argument that they've been the best regular season team for the past three years. I don't think they give a shit about being the best regular season team. Like they need to, yeah, like it you said, matter. they need to show up in January. It doesn't matter. It doesn't um, matter. I don't care if they go 14 and three. It's sure. about January. Because if they go 14 and three and they lose to Miami or, or, or Baltimore or Kansas City or Jacksonville, whoever, like, who cares? I mean, this is about the Super Bowl for this team. It's all it's about. And I, I think, you know, I, I also think, too, we're way too, look, we're all guilty of this in the media. We get into this thing where, hey, who's the MVP through four weeks? Dude, who, I. I hate that so goddamn much. I don't know much. if I can swear on your show, but like you can absolutely. Who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares who the MVP of the league is on October sixth? I mean, I remember a couple of years ago we were doing this with freaking Josh, uh, Sam Darnold, Jameis like, Winston a few years ago. Remember that after he threw like yeah. six touchdowns through through two weeks? Like, oh my goodness, Jameis looks like the MVP. What are we doing? And this is and like, and I'm not taking anything away from Buffalo. They played great football last three weeks. This was the same team that three weeks ago everybody was like, can't do it, can't do it. Lost to Zach, Zach Wilson, can't do it. Like, we have this thing where we have to just – and it's because of the news cycle and the way the world is now. I get it. We have to react to everything, every two seconds. This is what this means. This is what It's like It's like watching the, the, the game on Thursday night with the, with the Bears, the Commanders. And I'm not going to say who it was. I actually like the person who it was. But there was a person who's well-known and well-respected on Twitter who was like, it's you know th- this is this is what you have in Justin Fields. This is who he's always been. It's like it's not who he's always been. He's been terrible. <laughs> I know. Been terrible. I know who you're talking about exactly. You're talking about what are we doing? Too. And by the way, he stunk in the second half by and large. Like, and I'm not saying Justin Fields is great or he's bad, but like this notion that well, this is who he's always been, and all the doubters. Like, no, <laughs> he lost 14 games in a row. Like. Wh- it, it that stuff drives me, and it's the same way when like a good team has a hiccup. Whether you want to talk about the Bills Week One yes. or even Kansas City Week One, and people are like, "Oh my God, what does it mean?" You know what it means? They're gonna they're not going undefeated. That's what it means. Like that team, it's like if the Niners lose to Dallas, right? We're gonna uh, have to. Yeah, perfect oh, example. Oh my God, maybe Brock Purdy's not good. Enough. Maybe they're just not that good. Maybe they. What do you think they're going to do? Go 17-0 and and just boat race the entire league? Like They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be sitting there the second or third weekend of the playoffs in January, and they're going to be hell to deal with. And the same is true of the Eagles. The same is true of the Chiefs. The same is true of the Bills. Like You know those teams are going to be there. So, like, why do we go through this exercise? Like, in Kansas City right now, it's like, oh, God, who's going to catch the ball with Mahomes? They're third in offense. Like, how worried could you possibly be about this? But people are. They're terrified. It's crazy. Not only that, like, if somebody has, along the lines of the field stuff, like, I don't want to refer back to the Steelers or anything too much, but, like, the picket sexuals for Steelers fans who last year after the uh, the Ravens game where he threw the touchdown pass to Najee Harris, like, that's it, he's him. I'm like, dude, he played, like, ass for 57 minutes, and he had one good drive. Let's slow the fuck down right we, now. We just have this, this innate failure as a society to just every time something happens. Well, this guy's, is he the goat? 
Is he this? Is he the MVP? It's like, could he just maybe have had a good month? You know, I mean, it's like we got it's always like 27 and two one year. Like, come on, people. It, you know, it, it, it people just need to look. There are certain teams that until they prove otherwise, they're just above reproach. Like they're going to the playoffs and they're going to be a factor. Buffalo, Philly, San Francisco, Kansas City, you just lock them in. As long as as long as as Mahomes is there and Allen's there, like as long as Hurts in that line, they're going to be there. I don't care if they have some random loss in November. It doesn't. It doesn't matter, you know. And by the way, like Philly and San Francisco, they play each other this year in the regular season, and Kansas City and Buffalo, they play each other this year. I, I'm going to spoil the fun right now. I don't give a shit who wins those games in the regular season. It has no bearing on who's going to win those games in the playoffs. I have seen so many times, you know, like, oh, you know, I saw him handle such and such. It's like, yeah, guess what? Like, the, It's the NFL, okay? This isn't high school basketball where, like, yeah, you know, that team's just so much better than us. There's no ch- <laughs> It's not the way this works. You know, so we just – we have to just slow the roll, whether or not it's talking about how the Bills are an unstoppable force. Like, okay, look, the Bills are really good. We know they're going to be there. That's fine. They're a great team. Or, but the Dolphins are the better example after they scored 70 on, on the Broncos and everybody just lost a collective mind. Like, and I get it. 70 is a ridiculous number. Sure. It's Denver. Like, they, they didn't beat the 85 Bears by scoring 70 points. Almost half the reason I picked the Bills week four was because of that game. I was like, here, here it comes. This is the NFL. The Bills are going to be higher than all get out for this game. And they were, and they hung 48, and you know, that's it. That's the NFL, man. Whenever you think you got to figure it out, that punch in the face is right around the corner. I do want to ask you about Purdy because you did mention him. Um, and I saw that uh, our mutual friend Mike Tanier, he had a really good piece on the messenger talking about yep. how to, you know, attack the approach of ranking him because, you know, people in the profession like you and I who actually you know, rank quarterbacks every week or who talk about quarterbacks and whatnot, it is weird when we talk about Purdy. Um, because you do have to take into account, okay, he's playing with the Monstars and how much of, you know, their success is he, you know, responsible for and how much of it is just the fact that you can kind of interchange that quarterback. Where do you kind of fit him in in terms of his place and in, in terms of the quarterback tiers? I don't have it in front of me. But, uh, I think I had him like somewhere between 12 and 14. Um, somewhere in that range. Look, I think Brock Purdy is a good player. I also think that Brock Purdy is unbelievably elevated by the fact that he has the best scheme in football and everybody throws to or hands off to is an all pro. I mean, how hard is it to just hit somebody in stride when they're wide open, it's five yards in front of you and the guy just takes off running. I mean, it's, I, I I don't know you know it's not and he is not to interrupt you but he is second in the NFL in terms of average yak behind Tua right now so it's, yeah I mean come that, on, that is a good point that you make I mean it's not like it's like bombs away here and he's fitting it like between the linebacker and the safety I mean that you know I, I watched them you know I mean I watched all, all their games but I I went back and you know I was watching that game on Thursday night against the Giants a few weeks ago he made some throws in the game he should have got picked off on. And that first drive, he threw three gifts to the Giants. It was brutal. And it's like, okay. And then he played very well. And then, of course, the Cardinals game was damn near perfect. I think he's a good quarterback. I also think you could put in half the league at quarterback, and they're either better or the same. I mean, I I, I don't know. My problem with Purdy – I should I, let me reword. My concern about Purdy – it's not my problem with him. My concern about him 
is in the playoffs when they play a Hurts or if they get to the Super Bowl and they see a Mahomes or an Allen, like, sorry, man. It's not the same thing. You're not playing the Cardinals. You're not playing Daniel Jones. And the, those teams are going to score points on your defense. It's going to happen. That's the that's the thing. You know, you know, the Niners, there's in the Shanahan era, even with Garoppolo, they're so good at getting ahead of teams, and then that defense just eats you alive. That's not the case, man, when when it's a really good quarterback going after you. It's a whole different deal. And, you know, like last year, I remember watching Kansas City hang 44 on them in Candlestick at Levi Stadium. Like, okay, 44 is a lot. What if they they go to the Super Bowl and the Chiefs or the Bills score 31 points? Is Purdy doing that? I don't know. I mean, I, I like them. I think they're super talented. I also think there's a reason they haven't won a Super Bowl yet with all this talent. And while Purdy's good, I I still think that like in the playoffs and you're facing the best guys, that's a big test. Now the good news is in the NFC there's not a ton of them. But whoever you get against whoever you face in the Super Bowl, you're gonna see somebody coming out of the AFC. Somebody's gonna be having a great quarterback rolling into town with them. And it's crazy too, because we you know, we went through this entire thing with the Trey Lance dilemma there, where their entire thing, Kyle Shanahan's entire thing was, okay, we need a guy who can go toe-to-toe with that, who has a big arm, who has the athleticism, who has that kind of next level. And we went through all of that just for them to end up with basically slightly more athletic Jimmy Garoppolo, where kind of where they started off to begin with. So I'm in the same boat as you, where if they face you know a team with one of these elite quarterbacks, it's going to be hard for me to defend anybody taking the 49ers over them simply because of you know i can trust mahomes to make a big throw i can trust allen to make a big throw i don't know if i can trust Purdy to do that and yeah i mean in the nfc what do you got to worry about? you got to worry about dak you got to worry about jalen hurts you got to yeah. depending on stafford and the rams what they do the rest of this year but even then that's those are the the two that you really got to worry about yeah yeah i mean yeah, it's not much. I mean, I'll tell you what, man. I actually think Geno Smith is. You know what? That's a good shout. Like, Geno Smith is playing his ass off, man. Like, yeah. I, I think, you know, that's the other thing we always do in the media. I mean, well, how we could do a five-hour podcast and what things we do in the media. But, like, got, we we don't move off of our initial opinion because it's almost like, well, we just have to dig in. I think that's bullshit. I hate when people do that. I am more than happy to be wrong about something and say, hey, look, man, I'm wrong. Like, that's fine. That happens all the time. It's sports. You're going to be wrong. Geno Smith was nothing more than a backup for a long time. And now, like, Geno Smith's good. Geno Smith can play. It happens occasionally. Rich Gannon did this 20 years ago. Like, it happens. It's not often, but it happens. Brock Purdy. Would Brock Purdy be seen differently if he was a second-round pick? Same exact guy, second-round pick, right? I mean, maybe. Um, would we sit here and give I'm trying to give an example that it's not over the top. Like if Bryce Young plays like, Bryce Young plays this way all year long, would we go, yeah, they should just keep playing him if he was a third round pick? I mean, no. Now I understand some of that is the investment you make and everything else, but I, I get there's more than just you know the, the the eye test. But my point is like, look, man, I I think Geno Smith, like he can play. I don't care that he wasn't necessarily good for a long time. He's good now. He's good now. And that team's rolling. And I can tell you, I know some people in that building 
They love that guy. They loved him. They loved him last year. I remember texting with somebody in that building before they played Denver last year to start the year. And I was like, what are you seeing? And it, I was like, we're going to be good. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're going to, and I, and I remember thinking like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, nah, I don't think so, man. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch, you're actually pretty good. Like, and he was right. And I remember he was like, I told you. I, I was like, you're, you're right. I, you know, I, I doubted the fact that he was going to be any good, but he is at this point good. I would argue that other than Hurts in that conference, you make an argument he's better than anybody else. I mean, like Stafford, when he's perfectly healthy, yeah, okay. Well, I'd rather have Geno Smith or Dak. I got to tell you, man, it, it's an argument. Like, you could have that argument. Goff, you want to throw, okay, have that argument. But, like, God, Smith is in it for sure. You know, I was worried about Gina Smith coming in and be like, um, you know, is this going to be like a Tommy Maddox situation where he's good for a year and then reverts back right. to stinking? But no, you're right. He's been he's been tremendous. He throws as pretty a deep ball in the league as anybody. And uh, no, Seattle's my sleeper pick to win that division this year. So I'm, I'm not completely backing off that. It's still early. But um, no, good for Gina Smith. Uh, before we get out of here, um, a game this weekend where you could see the underdog winning outright. Is there one in your mind? Cause like I, like I said, uh, I brought up one before we went in. I think the Rams hosting the Eagles, they're four and a half point dogs. I think they win. I pull up the, uh, book here. I saw a sports book, by the way, I got to prep the, prep the team. By the All way, right. you're, uh, you're only three and a half point favorites to the Vikings. That was a little bit surprising to me. It was five and a half. Now it's three and a half. I got to tell you, I will spoil it. Uh, we have to make a lock of the week pick every week. And I have not picked the Chiefs once. I picked the Chiefs in it. to cover three and a half points against the Vikings. Yeah. Most blitz happy defense in football. Have fun with that. Good luck. Whenever I see the Chiefs playing a team that all they do is blitz and play man behind it, go have fun. Have fun with that. Good luck to you. Here, here comes a McKinnon, like, 90-yard screen pass for a touchdown. Um, all right. Outright underdog. Yeah, you know, I'll give you one. The Jets, are they going to beat Denver? Do you? They're two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road. Why, why are they dogs in this game? Has anyone watched Denver? Denver's the worst defensive team I've ever seen in my life. Like Zach Wilson might throw for 400 in this game. Has anyone watched the Denver Broncos this season? They were, I know that they won this past week. They were also down 28 to 7 to the Bears. Like the fact that they had to come back from three scores to win that game in the first place is. And I've seen this whole notion that like, like people are, man, Russ, like playing good. And Russell Wilson is playing better than he did a year ago. Absolutely. Nobody would argue that. He has played much better than he did a year ago. Kudos to him for that. Russell Wilson has been like okay. I mean, his average yards per reception or average yards per attempt, 7.7, which is top 10. That's cool. Kudos to him. Nine touchdowns, two picks. Excellent. But it's been a lot of like dink and dunk, and everything's just like underneath. I mean, if you look at his QBR, his QBR is 18th. Now, again, not saying he's bad, not saying like, he's been much improved. Absolutely. But I also look at them and him as it's like your offense has done basically nothing this year outside of uh, spurts. I mean, if you go and look, okay, so they scored 16 points at home against, against the Raiders, Raiders, lost, came out slinging against Washington. And then if, I mean, look, they had a Hail Mary, if take the Hail Mary away, they had 27 points, which is legitimate, but they had 21 in the first half. Then they scored 20 points against Miami, who can't stop anybody, and seven of that was on a kick return. So they really scored 13 offensive points in that game. In a game, by the way, 
Miami was in prevent for about 40 minutes. Like, how the hell did you score 13 points? And then last week, the offense, because they got another defensive score, 24 points in the game against a Bears team that can't stop anybody. I mean, they have played the Dolphins, the Bears, the Commanders, the, the Raiders. You couldn't find the four worst defenses worst in the league. I mean, those might literally be along with the Chargers, the worst <laughs> defenses in the NFL. Okay. You couldn't find four teams that are worse defensively. And yes, like kudos to, to Russ, who has played much better. I'm not saying he has. I'm also saying that if you look at these games, it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. I think the offense is like, okay. The defense is brutal. I yeah. mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, dude. I like, They're not getting anything out of their backs or tight ends in the passing game. Pirine's been okay in the passing game. But, like, man, Marvin Mims has been the one bright light. He's played yeah, that good. Against Washington, and that was nice to see. He's played well. I like his game. I mean, Judy's off to a slow start. Sutton is – you think that they uh, trade any of these receivers, by the way? I mean, they got Sutton. They got Judy. They got Mims. Tim Patrick I went mean, down again, but they still have a lot of guys where they can be like, okay, let's let's get some picks for one of these guys. I know Denver fans probably don't want to hear it. If I were the Broncos, I'd have a fire sale because you need picks. You need picks. Like, do they still not have a first-round pick from the Russell trade? They do now. This year they do. Okay. But they need to dig out of that so badly. Like, I – that's what I would do. I would I would trade some picks, man. Or I'd trade some players for picks. Like Judy, he's a good player. He's not a great player. Like if they can get a good pick for him, I'd trade him. You know, Sutton, Justin Simmons, I'd make these trades. Like I, I would absolutely do it. I, I would yeah, move these. I'd move these guys. But you know, it's gonna be interesting. Look, they play the Jets this week, and then they play, then their next four games are Kansas City, Green Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo. God damn. All right. <laughs> what do you got? Like, you better beat the Jets because here it comes. I'm going to be at that Denver Kansas City Thursday night game. Like, what do you got? Because oh. defensively speaking, two, you know, they, they already are the worst team in the league. And the next month has the Chiefs twice and Buffalo. So, oh. good luck. Have fun. I, yeah. I, do, you think, I, do you think that Vance Joseph lasts throughout that entire like five week stretch? I do, but I got to tell you, I and, I and nothing is Vance Joseph. I had massive questions when they hired him because Vance Joseph, if you're familiar with his defenses, they love to blitz a lot and play single high safety, and that is basically death against any good quarterback. Like, that is just – let's put it this way. Mahomes played that last year, the opening game, because he was with the Cardinals. Yeah. And the opening game, they played Arizona in Arizona. They started and finished the year there. And I, I will pull up the numbers because I don't want to exaggerate them. Uh, but they I were, think he threw 400 yards that game, didn't he? Um, they – pull this up. So again, try to be a man of honesty and integrity. Um, <laughs> you, so, okay, so you didn't throw 400. He was 30 of 39 for 360 yards. He completed 70% of his, 77% of his passes for 9.2 yards per attempt. And he had five touchdowns. Other than that, how was the trip to Texas, Mrs. Kennedy? I mean, <laughs> not great if you're uh, if you're the Broncos going good, good. We got Van Joseph. <laughs> right, yeah. I remember that game for one thing. The first couple plays, they kept matching up Isaiah Simmons one on one with Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, like, are they, is this serious? Are they, are they really going to play him like this? The answer was yes. <laughs> they 
they stayed in that all game. I remember just being like, oh my God, this is going to be an abject killing. It was 14 nothing, like two minutes into the game. Yeah. I remember you you came on you came on this very show the day after because going into the, the season everybody's like, Oh my goodness, no Tyreek Hill has this chief offense kind of look in week one. They just absolutely dismantle Arizona. By the way, in that game, uh Kelsey had nine targets, caught eight of them for a buck twenty one and a touchdown. So <laughs> like yeah, I'm not feeling great about the Vance Joseph experience against the Chiefs twice in, in Buffalo. Um, but we're going to find out what it looks like. So here we go. Good stuff all Watch around. What, have, uh, what do you got coming uh, on the Sports Illustrated end of things? Oh, I got my column on Sunday that comes out every single Sunday. It's on the front page of SI. It's a, it's a running column, essentially, a live running column where I update it after all the games or throughout the, the days the games end. Um, just writing about each and every game, uh, giving some insight right away. And then every week I have my film study. Uh, that comes out Wednesdays. I have my quarterback rankings come out Thursdays. I have my one stat you have to know about every matchup comes out Friday. Uh, I dig in the weeds and try to find something that is a, a critical matchup that maybe people aren't thinking about. Um, and then I have my my Monday and Thursday night column. So there's uh, there's plenty. There's a rookie stock watch that goes out Tuesday. There's there's plenty of content for all. Plus, of course, the MMQB podcast, which uh, check out. Absolutely. Uh, for me, if you're listening to this as a podcast, whether it be today or you know the day after it comes out, um, five coaches that should be on the hot seat on USA Today. Everything going on Steelers wise and at behind the steel curtain. Power rankings every well every Monday morning. Just the uh, the sliders, and then Tuesday I give you all my fun humor and sarcasm for, for every all 32 teams on Tuesday for the power rankings. Hey, man, I always appreciate you coming on and ch chopping it up with me for a little bit. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon, all right? All right, sounds good. Take care. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is The Pump Fake. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.